Hi everyone, welcome to Lola's Frugal Life. This is episode number 177. Today we're gonna to be talking about budgeting for hobbies and activities. So please stick around for a few quick words from our sponsor and we'll get right into the show. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If there is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available which may not be available to you locally. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com Lola, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Lola's Frugal Life listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Lola. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about budgeting for hobbies and activities. So um, this topic was actually suggested by a listener, and I think it's a really great one to talk about because for the most part, hobbies and activities are often like some of those variable costs that um, happen throughout the year periodically. They're not necessarily just like a flat monthly fee. And those are kind of usually the types of expenses, if you're not planning ahead for them, that can really throw you off your budget. And besides that, making sure you have enough in your budget to cover these costs as they come up, it's also really important to understand what your hobbies are costing you. And if you're just kind of paying for things as they're going along and not really keeping track of what the kind of the total cost of this hobby is, um, you know, you might just not realize and maybe the, the cost of it isn't um, enough value for you for what you're getting out of it. So maybe it's something you need to understand and make sure um, that, you know, if you're looking for somewhere to save money and this isn't a really high value for you, maybe that's something you can cut back and then replace it with something else. So it's really important to know how much these hobbies or, or kids' activities, too, same thing. We're going to kind of talk about this interchangeably. Um, you know, how much these things are costing and what's the value for, for you that you're getting out of it and does it fit into your budget? So... The kind of things we're talking about is, you know, a hobby is pretty much anything you do in your downtime for fun. That could be um, for you or for your kids or whoever you're budgeting for. Um, it could be things like reading, cooking, um, bike riding, crafting, yoga, um, taking care of or working with animals. Um, for kids, it might be gymnastics, dance, soccer, anything like that. The list of hobbies can go on and on. But whatever those hobbies are, the, these same principles can be applied to them to make sure that you're budgeting for them and that they're not causing you um, 
challenges in your finances as these um, costs go up and down because usually with hobbies, sometimes there's certain points in time where you have to spend extra money or buy certain supplies or maybe pay fees or things like that. So you wanna make sure that you're um, planning for that so that when those times come, you have enough money put aside to cover those expenses. So pretty much every expense that I have that's of this type of nature where it's not like a flat amount per week or per month, I use sinking funds to deal with those expenses. I have definitely at least one, maybe two other episodes on sinking funds because I just think it's really important and such a good tool um, to help you stay on budget with anything that's not just like a regular flat um, fee that happens on a very regular basis. So if you're not familiar with sinking funds, pretty much what a sinking fund is, is that it's where you take, um, you put aside a certain amount of money per week um, to save up for expenses that don't happen on a fixed schedule. So for this to work though, you have to commit that once you put the money aside for whatever the purpose is, that you're not gonna pull from it to use it for something else. You wanna make sure that once you put it aside, um, you have it there for when these periodic expenses come up so that you can just pull from that money and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to try and pull it from some other budget category or kind of work things weirdly (laughs) to kind of get it to work. You have it set aside and that's what it's for. Um, The only time you would pull from that sinking fund is of course um, if you make a decision to say, okay, I'm gonna not do that and I'm gonna use this for something else. Maybe you have an emergency happen and you need to pull from everywhere and you say, all right, I'm gonna um, take this money that I have set aside for this activity and I'm just not gonna be able to do it um, for a couple of months or whatever. But if you want it to work and you don't have a specific reason to pull that money out, you need to make sure you leave it aside um, until it's time um, for those, when those costs occur. Um, and it's really important to have it segregated and identified what it's for, what it's specifically for. Um, say, for example, if you have an, um, something that you save up for, like a hobby, and you have maybe one major um, expense that happens, say, at the end of the year, and you're looking at your um, your sinking fund, and you have this money um, that you're saving up and you're accumulating, and you think. I don't really need that much money for this hobby. It only costs this much, but you forgot that at the end of the year, you're gonna have this large expense. Um, If you don't have it detailed out, it's harder to remember like all those different cost components. So when you're trying to figure out like how much you need to be putting aside, you wanna think through like the entire year for the hobby or for your kids' activities or whatever and list out all the expected expenses that you might have over the course of the entire year. You wanna be as detailed as possible because um, at some point you might be looking um, at what you saved, like I said, and and think like, oh, I have too much money, not thinking that there's these different seasonal things. So you really wanna look at everything that you have um, that that is associated with the cost of this hobby and really list it all out. So just for an example, I have horses, that's like my hobby. So um, the listener that requests, the reason I'm using this as an example is because the listener that requested this episode has horses too. So I thought, and I, and I kind of thought about it, and I'm like, it's kind of a really good example, even though, of course, I realize that the vast majority of you don't have horses, I'm sure, um, but just the types of how the costs kind of occur at different times of the year, I thought was a good example to use. So like, for example, 
we have spring shots and we have fall shots. So those only happen two times a year. The horses need to get their hooves trimmed. That happens every six weeks. They're on some supplements. Those, some of those supplements might last for three months, some might last for four months, so you have to keep refreshing them, like re replenishing them. Um, they have to get warmer. Um, those are given periodically throughout the year, and some of them cost more than others. Um, you have emergency vet visits. Um, they might need supplies, a new halter, a hay bag, treats, whatever. Um, these things happen at all different times um, during the year. Blankets cleaning. They, they, horses wear their winter blankets and they occasionally need to be cleaned. So you want to kind of think through like over the course of the year, what are all these different things and what's the timing of them? Then you're going to take that amount and multiply it out. Like for example, with the hooves being trimmed every six weeks. So that's like not a, a very regular schedule. It's a regular schedule because it's every six weeks, but it's not like a flat monthly amount. So you want to say, okay, how many weeks are there in a year divided by six? It's gonna get done this many times. This is the amount per, per visit, and this is my annual amount. So you wanna think through each of your different expenses, when they happen and how many times they happen over the cost of the year, and list it all out. And make sure you include some of those things that are, that are um, the costs aren't very specifically known, like estimate as best as you can. Like for example, I said emergency vet visits. Who knows what that's gonna be? All, you, all I can do is go on my experience and hope that nothing too bad happens um, and just kind of try and estimate like a dollar amount that you wanna put aside. Uh, something like that, you might wanna just keep accumulating over time that portion of your sinking fund so that when some, if something doesn't happen this year but maybe something happens next year, you have plenty to cover it. Um, using dance class as an example, I, I wanted to do like at least two different examples, not just do the horse example, but like say for example, if your kid is in a dance class, um, Maybe each year they might need new shoes. They might need multiple types of shoes, depending on the classes that they're taking. They might need a new leotard. They might um, get annual um, pictures taken as part of their dance class. Um, you might need to buy costumes if they're in a recital, um, and maybe they're in multiple different classes uh, that are gonna uh, require different costumes for the recital. You're gonna have to buy tickets to the recital. Are you gonna buy them flowers or whatever to give to them at the recital or you're going to take them out to dinner um, afterwards like all of these different things are the types of expenses that you know when you sign your kid up for dance class you might not be thinking like you know nine months from now we're going to have this recital that's going to cost a fortune you're just thinking about the monthly fee that you're paying so um, you know kind of apply this logic to whatever your hobby is just think through the entire year and all the different components of this hobby. List out everything and figure, it, figure out about how much your total annual cost is. And then that's gonna tell you how much you need to put aside um, each week to make sure that you can um, pay for this. Um, also, just consider the timing of when these costs occur too. So like if you have um, costs more heavily weighted to the beginning of the year, then you need to have already been saving up last year. Like you don't wanna start saving in January if you have like a major annual expense that's gonna happen in February. You wanna think about the timing of when these things happen so that when those costs occur, you have enough money set aside. That might mean delaying um, starting the hobby for a period of time if maybe you know, you realize, okay, well, I'm gonna have this really large expense in March, but I don't have anything saved up for it yet. Maybe you need to put it off for a little while until you save up. 
um, so that you can get your timing um, right and you have enough money saved up to then keep it going from there. It's just things that you need to kind of consider um, when, when planning these things out because don't forget a hobby um, is not a necessity. So you don't want to set yourself back um, and, and pull money from other places that you might really want those funds for just to cover a hobby. Um, you want to make sure that you have money so that when you're doing it, you're enjoying it and you're not feeling worried that you're spending money that you didn't really have available. So if you go through this process and you figure out like how much per week this hobby um, is going to cost you and how much you need to save up and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have that much in my weekly budget to save up for this. So that means you can't afford it. <laughs> it means you need to rethink how you're doing it. Um, maybe cut back in some way. Um, you know, it can really give you the opportunity to look at what this is costing you and make decisions on the, if this is something you can continue right now or if you maybe need to look at your other budget categories. Maybe you can cut back on something else. Maybe you're like, well, this hobby is costing me this much. I don't have that much in my budget, but we have been going out to dinner um, once a week. Maybe we need to switch that to every other week and then I'll have enough money to cover this hobby. I don't go out to dinner once or once a week or once every other week. I'm just using that as an example. We like never go out to dinner because um, there's five of us and it's just super expensive. But anyway, um, you know, whatever other spending you might have in your budget, um, if your weekly amount is too much to fit in, then maybe you need to look and see um, if there's something else you can cut to make sure that you have enough to pay for this hobby if it's really important to you. Or maybe once you see how much it costs, you're like, well, I kind of like it, but it's not that important to be spending this much money on. So it just gives you that information um, to make better decisions. Or maybe you can um, do it differently. Say, for example, um, if your child is doing two dance classes, but you can't afford two, but you can afford one, well, then maybe um, if they want to learn two different types of dance, maybe they alternate. Maybe they take one dance class now, and then maybe the next session they take a different one. So, um, you know, you can kind of make choices by having all the numbers laid out than just going forward with it and then all of a sudden realizing it's, it's causing you to go over budget and you just really couldn't afford it. So um, just some other things to kind of think about. Um, you, you don't, you know, like I was kind of saying, you wanna make sure that your hobby fits into your budget. You don't want something that you really love to do to become a source of stress because it's causing you to spend more than you have available. So if, if, you're, if you go through this exercise and you realize that your hobby is more than you can afford right now, consider taking a break for, from it for a little while and save up. You know, um, with horses, that's not an option. I have them, <laughs> so I have to pull from other places if that happens. But with other things, you know, um, if you don't have a commitment in that way, you can maybe um, take a break, do something else in the meantime, save up for it, and then start doing it again. Or, um, you know, even like with the kids, uh, this I, a lot of people have their kids in, in many, many activities because the kids are interested in all these different things. Um, but sometimes you just can't afford all those different things. And it's not only the, the, the money, too. Sometimes it's just too much, like running around from every different activity every single day. And it's just it can just be a lot. So maybe just take that break um, and scale down on the activities and save up some of that money for other things that you need. Because if you can't afford 
um, to have all these activities, it's going to cause you stress. And while the kids might not be stressed because they're not worried about how much it's costing you, it could be stressful to you. So maybe, um, like for example, if your kid wants to take three dance classes because everyone else is taking three dance classes, um, but they can only take one, you know, it can be difficult to have that conversation because it, the kids don't always understand the cost of things. And as a parent, you want them to be able to do all these things that they really want to do. But it can be a learning opportunity um, for them to talk to them about um, the cost of these classes and, you know, what, and kind of living within your means and, and paying for the things that you can afford and not trying to go over just to kind of get all this extra in. And, and you know, while they might not really fully understand it, they'll they'll get it over time. And I know like with my kids, sometimes, you know, that when they'd be in activities and stuff or they'd see like these other kids do this or have this or whatever, you know, I, I feel like it's important to teach them too that just because people are doing these things doesn't always mean that they can afford it either. Um, you don't know what their situation is. Maybe they can easily afford it, but maybe they're going into debt for it. And it's it can kind of be an opportunity to, to have that conversation with your kids um, with the activities if it's just more than you can afford and if they need to um, cut back a little bit just to kind of teach them a little bit about budgeting and financing and, and, and appreciating those things that you are getting. Like maybe if you can only take one dance class instead of three, you pick the one that you love the most and really appreciate it and, and get all that you can out of it. So, you know, um, that's just one way to think about it, too. And, and the same thing for yourself. I mean, if you're struggling with not being able to afford these hobbies, then maybe you need to see, like, what part of it is the most important to you and maybe just focus on that. Um, and then consider alternatives. Um, you know, I've given this tip many times, but, like, I really like to read um, and I don't like to spend a lot of money on books. So I use the library app for free books. So while I know that obviously there's not something equivalent to a library for most hobbies, but just try and maybe be creative. Maybe um, is there like equipment that you need to do this hobby? Maybe it's something you can rent if you can't afford to purchase it right now. I don't know. Just, you know, think if there's any alternatives or maybe there's something you always wanted to try that's less expensive. Maybe put the more expensive hobby aside for a little while while you save up and then, um, you know, maybe do something that's a little less expensive in the meantime. But regardless of um, the cost of the hobby, the, the main purpose, assuming that you can afford whatever it is that you're trying to do, the main purpose of this topic is really just to have you think of all the costs that occur during the year and plan for them by putting money aside on a regular basis and not just kind of letting the cost happen as they come. And then suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even thinking that I was going to have this like you know, um, $300 expense now and I wasn't planning for it. And, uh, you know, we, we spent more money on clothes this week for the kids for school and now I got to pay this other thing or, you know, whatever. It, it's really just about really kind of thinking through and planning out for expenses that are going to come up over the course of the year that are not just regular flat monthly or weekly fees. So that's it for today. I hope this was helpful. Um, don't forget, um, if you're interested in joining our Facebook group, it is located at facebook.com slash groups slash Lola's Frugal Life. I check it 
every day. Um, if you if you submit a request to join, I will let you in as soon as I see it. Um, I'd love to have you join. We have a really nice group of people in there. Um, if you want to reach me for any reason, you can um, go to my main Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Lola's Frugal Life. You can send a message through there, or you can also email me at Lola's Frugal Life at gmail.com. I also created a YouTube channel. However, it's really exactly the same as this podcast. It's just the audio. It's just a picture of like the show, like, screen like logo and it's just the audio um i just thought it might be another place if people um wanted to listen on you know with their tv going or whatever i really haven't gotten much activity there (laughs) but it was just it was easy to upload the videos so i figured um i would put the audio there um what i do like about that is that it's sorted like there's like playlists like by category so if you just wanted to listen to like the frugal topics or you just wanted to listen to like meal plans or zone cleaning or whatever it's all kind of categorized like that but um it's just there in case you're interested and um, don't forget to subscribe if you like this show and if you would like to um, leave me a rating a review that would be really appreciated it's supposed to help um you know have other people find the show and uh that's it for today so thank you so much for listening and i hope you have a really awesome day